Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna freeze. Uh, wait. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Points in the Pain podcast, sponsored by Stadium. We're Stadium's number one NBA podcast, and we are so close to the playoffs. I'm Ben Wittenstein. You know who I am. I'm Zach Badger, house always in the house, Ben. What is up, man? What how you doing? And, man, you are quite literally in the house because you are a floor <laughs> above me at the moment. You are you have the whole setup going. You got the camera going. You got the yep. microphone set up oh, in yeah. my house. We're doing the podcast mm-hmm. together. Live on um, location. A lot, yeah. We're about <laughs> as close as you can be without being next to each other because mm-hmm. Skype at this point is just easier for us to do right now. But you, we are quite literally in the same house. So that's exciting. Very exciting. And we got some things coming very, very soon on how we're going to, you know, transition and even elevate this Points in the Pain podcast presented by Stadium. You know who we are. You know how we going to do. It's only only going to go up from here, man. We're going to be locked in together. You know, pause. <laughs> we're going to be locked in. And it's gonna we be are. Good. <laughs> Just uh, we're going to have hopefully some good content come NBA playoff time and yes. we'll be able to have our shining faces for everyone to see, we can put out some fun videos. Mm-hmm. We'll be right next to each other. Should be a good time. But, Zach, we have a great episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Points Paint if you're so obliged. Subscribe, rate, review. We're podcast is going into playoff time. We're going to have a lot more episodes come playoff time. Mm-hmm. Lots to talk about. It's going to be a really fun ending to the season in the Eastern Conference. The Western Conference... Uh, there might be a little bit of movement between three, four, and five, but the Eastern Conference is really where it's going to be at to figure out who that two, three, four, and maybe even five seed is going to be. Oh, yeah, it can shuffle any given moment, Ben. That's the crazy part about it. You know, we've seen what Boston has done, right? They were all the way in the play-in scenario. And you fast forward here to April from, what, dating back to the beginning of January. Man, oh, man, they are sitting at the number two seed, and they can knock on the door and really be at the one seed because of your OBT, you feel me? And, you know what I'm saying, the Miami Heat. And, yep. you know, that's going to be something that's going to be very skeptical with the Miami Heat of whether or not they're going to be able to sustain that top seed. Or I'll, give you, I'll throw this at you. Okay. What if people are trying to avoid being a number one seed because they can potentially run into that Brooklyn Nets team with Kevin Durant and, the bro- and uh, you know what I'm saying, Kyrie Irving? Look, it can get steep if you run into them, if they're the eighth seed and they make it out of that playing scenario. What you think? Yeah, no, that's definitely an issue because right now they're the 10th seed as of this recording. And I know there's 12 NBA games tonight on this Tuesday <laughs> evening as we're recording. So some of the stuff may shift back and forth uh, by the time this comes out on Wednesday. But 
I think that teams look at the Nets. They look at a team that they know should not be in a playing game scenario, but they are, and they're probably going to end up playing in a playing game. And if they do win and they do end up getting that eight seed, they're going to be probably one of the most dangerous eight seeds in the history of the NBA. And if you're a team like the Miami Heat, who, as we transition into one big thing, because they are my one big thing. <laughs> Just one thing. One thing. Mm. <laughs> but if you're the Miami Heat and you look down the standings and you look at the, the, the Brooklyn Nets and you see Kyrie, you see Kevin Durant, you see a team that is theoretically really hard to stop offensively Yep. in a first-round game, I'd be worried because the Heat have problems of their own. It's not – all rainbows and gold <laughs> over there in Miami. There, You look at their last 10 games, sure, they have a good record, and they beat some decent teams. They beat teams uh, like the Celtics. They beat teams like the Bulls, like the Raptors. You know, they're not beating bottom-of-the-barrel Eastern Conference teams. Right, right. But they're not playing great offense. They're 18th in that 10-game span in offensive rating. They're playing good defense. They're a top five, top five defense in that span. But they're slow-paced. The defense makes sense when you're playing a little bit of slower pace. You're giving up fewer points, fewer possessions. I, my one big thing about the Heat, Zach, is I don't know how sold I am on them. And, and the Jimmy Butler issue that we talked about last week, that hasn't seemed to really affect them too much. But I'm, I'm a right. little worried about the Heat. Well, you know, offensively, remember, we talked about it. I don't think they have enough to go as far as we've seen them go in the playoffs in the past. So I don't believe the Miami Heat with the likes of Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, unless those three guys, including Kyle Lowry as well. And if those guys don't step it up offensively, night in and night out and compete with the likes of, you know, the I'll just throw a team out there like the Hornets, a team that's going to look to score, a team like the Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks, who I know they lost to recently. And if you're not capable of, you know, putting up points and you're not stopping your opponent who's going to keep coming at you and keep coming at you with that high-tempo offense, looking to score at least 115-plus points a game, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle come postseason. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that defense – gets them through some of these games and come postseason time because they're mm -hmm. a really tough team Stop. to beat at home because of their defense. It's, you know, defense wins championships is the, is the moniker. And it, it's true to an extent in the playoffs, but I think we've seen in the NBA in the last couple of years, offenses win out. And if you can't keep up offensively with a team that's just beating you and beating you and beating you, mm -hmm. you're in trouble because there's going to be nights that defense isn't top five. That's just how it works. It's really, really hard to be a consistent top five defense in the NBA this season or really any season in the past 10 years with the way the offenses have been working. If you match up with a team that's hot from three, you can play the best defense in the world. You're probably <laughs> going to lose that game. So if, if someone like Kevin Durant starts heating up from three, you get Kyrie hitting threes, uh, you, you're going to find it pretty tough to win a seven-game series that way. So I, I can understand Miami having issues with that one seed and having issues with the Nets being that eight seed that they're going to have to face. And in general, I just don't know. I'm not sold on the Heat being the best team in the Eastern Conference, even though they're number one. And what's funny is that team is the number one team in the East right now. But what's interesting the most as we transition into my one big thing yeah. is that they do not have an MVP candidate. 
which is very interesting no. to me because, like, in years past, you look across, like, number one seeds, you know, recently, maybe over the course of even, like, the last five years, I'll probably say on each side, both West and East, number one seed is maybe have been considered top five, you know, maybe top three in terms of, like, an MVP candidacy. That's not the case for the Miami Heat. And so that just goes to show you, you know what I'm saying, the lack of offense that they have. But now these guys, these ten guys – have been keeping this MVP race in discussion. Because I personally believe, Ben, it's not clear cut. And I see how you're looking at me. Because you're looking, you're looking like, you know ten. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, ten. Ten. yeah, it's 10 guys, man. It's 10 guys that, that you can really make a case for this year in the MVP, for the MVP race, man. I'm just, listen, John Morant, you know what I'm saying? He definitely made a case. Kevin Durant before the injury made a case. Joel Embiid, he's going to finish top three, obviously. Giannis, top two, probably. I would put Giannis actually above Joel Embiid because of the head-to-head. You saw the block last week, Giannis over Embiid to win the game. I think head-to-head matchups should count. And so that's why I would put Giannis over Joel Embiid. And then you got Tatum. And what they were able to do and climb their way out of the play-in scenario, averaging like well over, what, close to 30 points per game in the month of March alone, like he was putting on a scoring clinic. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't just a month, though. It was just a whole year, the calendar year of 2022. And this one right here, I'm just going to name a few guys. But this last one right here, you know, so I even discussed this with our boy Cam today. Devin Booker, number one team. In the NBA, not just the West, but in the NBA. And he has the best stats with the number. He has the best stats in terms of like 25 points, five rebounds, five assists, shooting well from the field. But he's the only guy to have those type of numbers with that sort of record, best in the NBA, and not be top three for MVP candidacy. And it's beyond me, man. I don't understand it. You got to help me out. I, I am always a little surprised when I when I hear Devin Booker's not you know, in the MVP con in the MVP conversation because he's playing on the best team in the NBA. Inarguably, I mean, the, the Suns have been and continue to be the best team in the NBA. He's putting up the stats. He's leading that team. He's a one of the better scorers in the league. Uh, so he should be in that conversation. However, though, however, Zach, I still don't. He, he's not better than Jokic. He's not more impactful than Jokic. Okay. I don't think neither Giannis. Now, I could be sold on Giannis. And maybe, maybe Embiid. But even then, I think Jokic, what he has done going from last season into this season is okay. special. It's special. And maybe I'm being biased. He's my, he's my son. He's my large son. And, <laughs> and he is a, is a place close to my heart. But the, the numbers that he's putting up and you just strictly look at the impact that he has when he's on the court yep. versus what he has off the court. You look at the Nuggets numbers when he is off the court. It's disgusting. It's it should come with a not safe for work warning. It, it's it's gross. I mean, they are worse than an average team. They're a bottom ten team in the NBA with Jokic off the court. He his impact on that team is bigger than any of these other players' impacts. And the points that he puts up, the rebounds that he puts up on a game by game basis, and just the impact that he has on the game itself, he should win MVP. He absolutely should win back to back MVPs. Now, will he? I, I don't know. Ooh, Book, wish. Booker's name should be in the conversation more. I absolutely 100% agree. John Moran, if he didn't get hurt, his name should have been in the conversation more. Absolutely agree. 
Embiid and Giannis, in my opinion, are the only two that really come close to the impact Jokic has made this season. Yes. I mean, we have a point where Embiid was putting up 50 points. He's putting up 40 points. Like, it was nothing. It was just another stat, another game for Joel Embiid putting up 40 points. Giannis has been doing the same, and he, he took a little while to get going, which is understandable. He's got the championship hangover coming into the season. But, you know, since the All-Star break, man, he's been good old Giannis, maybe even better. And he's he's just been as good as any one of any one of them, Embiid or Jokic. But again, I think it's Jokic's to lose at this point. Ooh, if that's tough. Booker, if you said Booker should win it, I'm not gonna argue back too much. I don't think it's right, but you're not gonna get too much of a pushback for me if you said Giannis or Embiid should win it. Same thing. I'm not gonna push back hard. You're wrong, but I'm not gonna push back hard. That's tough for you to say. It's a runaway for Nikola Jokic off the strength of just like. You know, them head-to-head matchups, I think, you know, they they are important. I think they should matter when you look at the MVP race. You know, but Nikola Jokic, I'll give him this. Absolutely. Without question, no Jamal Murray, right? No Jamal. And then... No MPJ. No MPJ. No Michael Porter Jr. Okay. So go out there, roll the ball out, Nikola Jokic, go. You fast forward... Here we are in April. The Denver Nuggets are top five seed, and there's no denying why that is. Nikola Jokic, for sure. And, you know, other team, there's been other players who have maybe not had the best record in the NBA. He has still won MVP. You know what I'm saying? We've seen Russell Westbrook average a triple-double and receive the MVP. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it can happen. It probably will happen. But I just believe that the race is tighter than what we think. And I understand, like, Jokic has all the numbers in terms of, like, first place. He's like, you know what I'm saying? He has the most impact statistically. His analytics are off the chart, off the damn chart. And you know I don't like, you know I don't like analytics. No, I don't. (laughs) I don't like no analytics. And so when you have all that coming together for him, it does look like he has the opportunity to become a back-to-back MVP like Giannis was. And let me say this. Embiid, if he's your MVP because the 76ers are better than the Nuggets, 76ers are fourth in the East. The Nuggets are fifth. That's not that big of a difference. That's not That's in true. the standings between fourth and fifth. That shouldn't disqualify one person versus another if you're just going on the standings. Giannis, the Bucks, he's third. He's not even top two. His team's not top two in the in the Eastern Conference. So to your point about how the MVPs this season are not on the top teams in the NBA except you know maybe Booker, if we want to talk exactly. about Booker being an MVP candidate, exactly. maybe, maybe that puts him in – a more serious conversation with Jokic or Embiid or Giannis. It should, and I believe it should. And you don't sound like it should, but I think it should. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it's weird. I'm taking kind of that great position where I think people should be talking about him more. People should, and Booker should be in the conversation more. But I, mean, I don't I think get he's it. They the got MVP. Chris Paul. They got Mikael Bridges. You know, so they got other players on the team that are talented. And then, like, you still can be, like, you can make a case for your boy. You can make a case for Luca too, and how they you were could. able to, you know what I'm saying, turn their season around thanks to him. You know what I'm saying? Even after the trade and how they even put their – they were in the playing scenario. Now they're a top four team. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, like I said, MVP race, like some votes should be definitely, you know what I'm saying, dispersed. It should be very close in my opinion. All right, let's do uh, prison time. Right to jail. Uh-oh. Time to throw some teams in prison, as we often do. It's yep. it's not it's not the most fun part of the job, Zach, but it has to be done. Sometimes it got to be done. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you got to police the league. That's what's got to happen. All right, who <laughs> or what are we throwing in prison today? Oh, man. Got to go out there to Southern California. <laughs> nice and sunny. Nice, nice and, and sunny. 
man, it's been it's been a dark cloud <laughs> over this organization <laughs> for quite some time this season, man. It hasn't turned around for them. And that's the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, winning time, TV show. It's a great show. I've mentioned that before. You know what I'm saying? Great show. I got I got you on. I got you put on game. You know what I'm saying? And I got you watching. Great show. And I bet they wish. <laughs> I bet they wish they had magic out there. Because, yeah. listen, it has not gone well. AD is made of glass. LeBron James, he's limping out there. Every every five games or so, he may try to go out there and will his way out there to a victory. But the Lakers just refuse to get it done, even with him and LeBron James on the court with AD back, it still is not enough. Whereas Westbrook just can't get the chemistry going. They've only played 29 games together this season in terms of LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. It's just been a complete mess offensively. Defensively, they can't guard a parked car. And so it's been just a disaster. And so, yes, they're they're unmotivated. They're probably going to more than likely let go of the head coach. And so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you all that, man, it's just a tough situation out there in L.A. And that GOAT debate between Brian and Jordan just, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the line just continues to move. <laughs> the gap just continues yeah. to increase. <laughs> it's a tough look. It's it, it really is starting to look like the, the Los Angeles Lakers are – the NBA's injury report. They're the Los Angeles injury yeah. reports. They, they're clearly done with the season. And I don't know if you saw this from Anthony Davis. Maybe he's listening to the podcast and oh. you calling him Anthony day to day Davis. Cause he actually got upset with people talking about how often injured he is. And he was saying, let's see if I could bring up the quote. Cause he's saying, you know, what am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do when I play? It's a problem. It's a problem when I don't play. At the end of the day, I got to do what's best for me and how my body feels. These aren't ticky tack injuries. That's what he said. It's like, bro, that's the point. That's that's the point. You keep getting hurt with issues. A, sometimes they are ticky tack. Sometimes you take like a weird step and you fall and you get hurt. He just like, made a glass though. Like he's all like whenever it's he's on the floor, bodies just it, don't operate. Like yeah. it, it, he's like, what do you want me to do? I, I don't know, man. Maybe I try to grow more muscle or something. I'm not. I'm not an athletic trainer. I can't tell you how to not yes. get hurt. Sometimes your body just gets hurt all the time. It's not built for it. Well, we know with That's Anthony Davis, when he was 6'3", then he grew eight inches over the course of a summer. And here we are 10 years later, and it just seems like he still hasn't adjusted to being in that body frame that he was in 10 years ago. It's very, very bizarre. But you hope things turn around for him. He is injury prone. I mean, if Dwayne yeah. Wade can say it, and I heard him say it, by Anthony Davis being injury prone, then I feel like I can say it too. You know what I'm saying? He's injury prone as of late, whether it's a shoulder, knee, ankle, foot, no matter what it is with Anthony Davis, it's always something. He just needs to get on this LeBron James regimen. You know what I'm saying? Whatever he doing, he just need to follow suit with Brian Brown because up until this point with Brian being 19 years in, it's okay for Brian to get hurt a little bit sometimes. He didn't put in enough work. AD, he made yeah. a glass. He got to do something about that. Yeah, listen, I need you to finish this sentence for me. What's the best ability, Zach? Availability. You know what time it is. <laughs> yeah, best best abilities, availability, and when you're making $190 million. I need you to be available. There's an expectation. <laughs> you come to work and you're available. Absolutely. So it's I don't want him to get hurt. I hope he stays right. healthy for the rest of his career. I, that would be awesome because he's a fun player. When he's healthy, he's unstoppable sometimes. Like, I'm not wishing for the guy to get hurt. I wish him good health, and hopefully he stays healthy. But 
man, he gets hurt. He gets hurt a lot. And for someone making that bank and for someone making that type of money and all those expectations, yeah, you're going to get yelled at when you get hurt because you're expected to be available and to actually play for that $190 million. Dunk or deny? Uh oh. Dunk or deny? Who are you dunking on? And it's another Ooh, team wait. now. Oh, yeah. Not a player this time, not a player this week, but Dunkin what we with. will do, Sorry. we're going to dunk with. Oh, no, that's cool, baby. Check this out. We still going to stay in LA. <laughs> there we go. Ain't that Back crazy? to sunshine. Back to sunshine. You know, so that dark cloud that's over that team in LA, <laughs> the other team in LA does not have a dark cloud. You know what I'm saying? If anything, they just got a few injuries that they I know they wish they didn't have coming into the momentum of the postseason that they have right now. And that's the Los Angeles Clippers. I am dunking with the Los Angeles Clippers being because they have played some motivating, inspiring basketball as of late. They've got their boy back, PG-13, who missed a handful of games, though, missed about about two months you know, with that elbow injury, and they were still able to keep afloat. Man, shout out to Tyron Lou. Shout out to Lawrence Frank for getting the pieces that they got. You know what I'm saying? At the trade deadline, Covington and Norman Powell to really, you know what I'm saying, add more depth to that team, and they've been on a tear. Well, I saw Robert Covington, you know what I'm saying, drop the 40-piece 40 40 piece wing dinner hold the fries. I seen him do that last week against the Milwaukee Bucks without Giannis. But that's just, that's just adding more confidence to those type of players that you you know that you're going to need come postseason time. You know what I'm saying? The likes of Reggie Jackson, the Luke Kennards, the, the Morris brothers, Zubac down low. Man, this team is playing some motivation, motivating basketball led by Tyron Lue, who need to get some love this year and some not necessarily coach of the year votes, but you know what I'm saying? Definitely need to have his name sprinkled in there a little bit in terms of a consideration. All right, let's go up north for my team that I'm going to be dunking with. The uh-huh. land of the land of jean jackets, maple syrup. Very nice people. Oh, no. I'm going to dunk with about? the Toronto Raptors. Okay. <laughs> oh, maple I should have known then when you said the maple leaf. Okay. <laughs> there, there was a there was a time, Zach, where I was out on the Raptors. I was. They they just looked like they couldn't put it together. They had the roster that looked like they probably should on paper. They weren't scoring. They weren't defending. They were giving up leads. They couldn't hold on to a lead. Uh, they couldn't get a lead sometimes in some of these games. But they've recovered. They're six oh, in the man. East now. Yeah. They've won seven of their last ten. And in their last ten games, they have the third-best net rating in the NBA. They have the second-best defensive rating in the NBA. I mean, they've been playing really well. Defensively is what they're hanging their hat on. Now, they're middle-of-the-road offensively, yeah. which – which is a little surprising with the with the team that they have, but not a ton, not like super surprising. They're still young and they're still trying to have their pieces kind of figure out where they are after missing time with injury. But defensively, they have been on top of it. One of the best defensive teams in the NBA as of late, one of the better defensive teams at the end of March. And they've just been moving up the standings. They've secured their spot at six. There are two and a half games in front of the Cavaliers. So they should nice. be all right. Nice. They should be all right out of that playing game. They're, they're a team that I think come playoff time is going to be dangerous. And the really interesting thing about them, Zach. Talk to me nice. Is a team that goes to Canada, that goes to Toronto. If oh, they yeah. don't have a player that's vaccinated. That's impactful. They're not going to play because they're not going to be allowed in Canada, in Toronto. So we're going to find out, first of all, which players haven't been vaccinated yet. But if some of these teams don't have their better players vaccinated in a series against the Raptors. Tough crowd. They're going to be without them for half the series. 
Yeah. And luckily, right, the Raptors are playing well and the Brooklyn Nets are not playing well (laughs) because there was a scenario at some point throughout the season where the Raptors were the seventh seed and the Nets were the eighth seed. And if that were today, just like you mentioned, (laughs) it would not be, it would be out there. Look, it'd be Kevin Durant (laughs) versus the Toronto Raptors. And do I think he can win that one game? He'd probably have to go off, but it'd be, it'd take a whole lot of defense. They would have to really lock in defensively. So luckily, you know what I'm saying? And thankfully for the Brooklyn Nets, they don't have to worry about having to go to the Toronto Raptors as of right now and play without Kyrie Irving because if that was the case, it might be tough. I don't be know. Might be bad, but shout out to Fred Van Fleet doing his thing, though. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. They're shooting the ball well. Gary Trent Jr. shooting the ball well. I've seen that as of late. Good player props. <laughs> oh, yes. There you go. If he's winning you money, he's doing well. All right, deny Zach. This I'm gonna jump on this. I think I figured you was on board. I'm gonna jump on this because I was thinking of some other things to deny that I didn't like, but this one I hate the most Mm, because we've seen this before from the Jazz. (laughs) Talk about it. Go ahead. All right, so the Utah Jazz. You put blow it up for the Utah Jazz. Uh, Honestly, I could kind of go with that at this point. They're they're embarrassing. They are. Straight up embarrassing at points. This is a team, and I've been saying this last year when I was betting on them a lot more because they were more of a sure bet last season, but they still had games, man, where they were they were lost. They couldn't hit shots. Defensively, they just kind of let guys by. We all know their perimeter defense is poo-poo. It's bad. It's 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 bottom of the barrel. Bottom. But then you get then you have kind of like a like an aging Rudy Gobert a little bit, a little bit slower. You got these teams that are just pounding it on on the Utah Jazz, and the Jazz can't hold leads. Oh, that's they're giving up twenty five point leads, man. What the hell is going on in Utah, where the Jazz have been so bad? And you look at their defensive numbers; they're the eleventh worst defense in the NBA in the last ten games. It's bad. It, it, It is. It's not good. It's not good for the Jazz right now, Zach. It's very dramatic. You know what I'm saying? I got to do what I got to do and deny the Utah Jazz because here's a fun stat that we talked about before the show. Donovan Mitchell averages two total passes (laughs) to Rudy Gobert a game. Not assists, but passes being. And that's beyond me, especially in the simple fact that they run a whole lot of pick and roll. (laughs) <laughs> they run a ton of pick and roll. And so for Donovan Mitchell to not be dropping the ball off or Rudy Gobert, that says a whole, whole lot. It says a yeah. lot about whether or not he trusts him on the court, his ability to do anything offensively. It's very hilarious. But, you know what I'm saying, I've been telling y'all. You know what I'm saying, I told y'all time and time again, Rudy Gobert is not it. I don't know why he's always one of the defensive player of the year. I don't think he should. Mikael Bridges should have something to say about it this year. We're going to wait and see. But Gobert post up offensively. He only averaged like one point per possession. That's not going to get the job done in a half-court offense no. or pick no, he, he's, scenarios. He's not, uh, he's not an offensive player. And defensively, he's, he's, he's fine. But the problem is the Jazz need to have better perimeter defense. They gotta, they gotta not allow teams to attack Gobert as much. Cause he can only do so much around the rim if he just consistently is getting attacked every single night. 
the team has many issues. That's one of them. I mean, giving up leads that big multiple times is a very deep issue with the team that I, I don't know if we they did it twice diagnose. in a week. <laughs> and they did it twice in a week. And this is a team, again, that's been together for a, a good amount of time. Yep. And I know they're missing angles, and, and he's, a, he's a big part of what they do. But when you have Mitchell and Gobert, who, first of all, should be passing to each other more. You can't have Donovan Mitchell only given two passes a game. A game? That's disgusting. That's, you know that's possessions are in a game? <laughs> like, yeah, that's, bro, that that's messed crazy. up. So I, I don't know what the issue with the Jazz is. And, and usually every single year they come to the playoffs and you're like, all right, this team is pretty dominant during the regular season. They should do well in the playoffs. This year they haven't really even been dominant in the regular season. They're only a game and a half out of the play-in spot at the seven where they're going to have to be in the playing games. So, mm, you know... I don't know really what to expect from them. Are they going to oh, be yeah. like the opposite uh, they were last <laughs> year where they're going to be good in the playoffs, bad regular season team, maybe something will awaken in them in the playoffs and they'll actually play like the Utah Jazz. But I have yet to see that. I don't think that's going to happen. Jordan Clarkson is not going to just turn <laughs> into a, a Kobe Bean Bryant overnight and help no. the Utah Jazz or anything of that nature. And like you said, unless Don- Donnie Mitch – it's bad. Listen, you need to pass. Bro, that is so crazy, bro. Two passes a game yeah. here. Not assists. Passes. There are too many possessions in a game. At this point, it's, it's, it's given childish. It's given petty. It is. It really is. All right, let's go to your game of the week. Get the drum roll ready. You are 11 and 10. You got a two-leg parlay? I do. Let's go. Let's go. What's the parlay? We're going to try to get it. Listen, we're going to try to get it, people. Listen, last week, I done let y'all down. It's been two weeks in a row. I done let y'all down. But listen, don't fade me. I promise. You want to know why? Because I did some hard work on these last, these next two games that I'm picking. Okay. Did some hard work. You know what I'm saying? So I've decided to go with the Chicago Bulls. This upcoming Friday against the Charlotte Hornets. I know the Charlotte Hornets offensive firepower is there with the likes of LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges playing like a stud that he is. And Terry Rozier shooting that three ball with confidence. But listen, Chicago Bulls are probably going to have to bounce back from a tough loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. And so the way that they're going to have to do that is to respond well, which I believe they will. With the likes of Zach Levine, Debo, Alex Caruso, the junkyard dog, Javante Gray. I think the Chicago Bulls, of course, Vucevic as well, will get it done against the Charlotte Hornets. And Ben, we just talked about this team and how well they've been playing. And that's the Toronto Raptors. And because they've been playing so well as of late, securing themselves outside of the play-in scenario when they were in it most of the season, Ben, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take them on a money line. And go ahead and go with, go ahead and take the Toronto Raptors, Houston Rockets, over the Houston Rockets. Now the Rockets, Bulls mm -hmm. and the Raptors Raptors. money line parlay. Money line parlay. Yes, indeed. Now don't be scared now. Because you're looking at me like you might be scared, but don't be scared. Mm. Listen, Pascal, Spicy P going to get it done against the Christian Wood less. Houston Rockets, you know what I'm saying? They've kind of sat him out the remainder of the season. It's just been the front court, the young uh, backcourt with Jalen Green and KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr., our main man, you know what I'm saying? Trouble kid, but it's going to be all right because he's going to be a star in this league one day. But I think they lose Friday night against the Toronto Raptors. There you go. Let's hope this parlay wins. 
We need one because we are 0-2. We done lost two in a row. And we really need to get on the board with these parlays for Zach's games of the week. I love and it. I, you know, you feel me? And you got to bet it, too. Like, don't be, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, don't just say you, you like it. it, but I got to see you. I'm going to watch, y'all. I'm going to make show on Points in the Paint Twitter. I'm going to make show. Yeah, we'll bet it. Place, place that bet in. Even if it is only about $5, $10, we're going to make sure being put the bet in, okay? okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. And before we close, I do want to say this. some Not breaking news, but just some news that came out. Casey Johnson, Bulls beat reporter for, uh, I think it was uh, NBC Sports Chicago. Billy Donovan said Lonzo Ball is experiencing discomfort after another try at a ramp-up process. So, Damn. Zach, kill me now. Kill me now. Because Lonzo Ball is seemingly not coming back this season for the Chicago Bulls. Probably won't be there for the playoffs. Tough crowd. So, yeah. You hate to have breaking news on the podcast. but You uh, do. You do. I uh, I may not come up from my room. I think I'm just going to stay down here forever yeah, now. Just being, so, being your sorrows because Zoe ain't coming sorrows. back. <laughs> Played yeah. a little Drake, a little sad song, <laughs> sad boy time. Because, uh, yeah, that's not good. It's no, not good that Lonzo's good. not going back. Uh, and that's, and it hurts too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause what they were doing, you know what I'm saying? When they were all together and healthy, you know, since Zach Levine, Alex Caruso and DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic, you know what I'm saying? That lineup out there, man, can compete with anybody in the NBA early on in the season, man. And now, you know, so they haven't had him for like over what, at least two to three months now, it seems like. And they're not going to have him, it sounds like for the postseason either. It's tough, tough situation. I hate to see it. I really do. Yeah, it's not great because the Bulls are good and they may compete in the first round, but if they don't have Lonzo, they're not going to have a shot in hell to win the title. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, you know that wasn't really expectations for me. You know what I'm saying? Well, it was expectations for me. Well, I'm sorry that you had high expectations <laughs> for the Chicago Bulls team, but I did have some. I did have a greater expectation than most people in terms of them finishing top four, which is which may not happen. But you know what I'm saying? Top five would be cool. You know what I'm saying? I think they'll still do it. I still think they can. And, you know, on that note, I'm sorry to give you all that bad news. But anyway, it's okay because that's going <laughs> to conclude this edition of the Points in the Pain podcast presented by Stadium. You know what I'm saying? The number one NBA podcast at Stadium. Make sure you follow at Points Paint on Twitter, Facebook, and on YouTube as well. And you cannot forget about Instagram as well. Inside the Association, make sure you watch that show. It comes out every Thursday. My boy Cam Smith and the boy Shams and Pat Garrity, you know they're running the three-man weave to giving you all the NBA news around the Association. And, of course, my main man, Ben Winstein, Nate Jacobson, dropping the sharp lessons. They come out every week. You don't want to miss those betting tips. And tape don't lie with Michael Felder for all things football, folks. And don't forget that voicemail line. Do not forget that voicemail line. What do you think is going to happen in the playoffs this season? What do you think is going to happen? Let us know, 773-273-9088. That's 773-273-9088. And you will hear from us, Ben and Zach, Zach and Ben, next week.